for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 292 of Blue Harvest, where we think that Bing is just as unacceptable of an option as Google. That's weird. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witt. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. I'm fighting, was that <laughs> war with the ghost in the machine, but uh, yeah. <laughs> now our, I'm here. Our buddy Will was having a, a little bit of technical difficulties before we got going tonight i was so angry i could tell i was like if you break this laptop you there will be no podcasting i but it uh, was super tempting i felt kind of bad because you called me on skype as i was finishing putting out all the pieces together to record and then like if i had just been able to answer right then how many problems do we have none we could have just been going <clears throat> so I'm glad you got it worked out, buddy, as I'm yeah, sure are the listeners. It was like st- stuck in quicksand. Um, so, uh, how's your week been? It's been good. I can't complain. You know, just taking care of the kids is what I do. I gotcha. Uh, my wife actually had today off, and uh, I've spent it putting together patio furniture. Oh, nice. Um. You know, it's been too cold and unreasonable to use the patio, but as it starts to warm and the pool and the patio become viable, I know I'm putting together patio furniture. You know what? Um, you know what sounds awesome is the fact that? that not too terribly far in the future, the idea of patio furniture and hanging out with people doesn't seem like an impossibility like it has right. for the last 12 months. Oh, right. And the unfortunate thing is that I live in Mississippi Mm -hmm. where there's no longer a mask mandate and uh, people are walking around like they don't have to anymore. Mm -hmm. And so and and I feel really bad for the restaurant workers because they're catching flack for asking people, you know, to wear a mask to come in and this, that and the other. And the public in general is giving this huge pushback, which is just inappropriate. You know, it's just well. I had a pretty exciting week. Um, you know, I'm a man 
who loves a nice collectible. Yes, you do. And I got my hands on a collectible this week. My most wanted collectible of 2021. What's that? My first dose of COVID vaccine, baby. Hey, hey. Got my the first ultimate dose. Collectible. The ultimate collectible. So, yeah, I guess I'm microchipped in uh, old Bill Gates's mind he control me now. You know what I mean? As if knowing where I am and what I was doing was valuable to Bill Gates at all. He'd be like, wow, this guy just sits on his ass and types on his laptop all day. And I would have been like, Bill, I would have offered that information up to you for free, my dude. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so far I I see no side effects of the mind control chip that's been put in my body. So that's good. Now, before we move on, I would like to say. Uh, if any of our listeners haven't considered it, may I pitch to them the Xbox series of consoles, including the Xbox Series X, currently the most powerful console on the market. That's weird. Um, weird. Okay. So you can like us on Facebook. Um, you know what? I've been cutting fucking Facebook out of the business lately. I don't know why I went back to it. Maybe old Zuckerberg had a <coughs> had a little piece of that it's microchip. The yeah. Yep. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. We have a Patreon. If you really like our show and you want to support us for as little as three dollars a month and get access to a whole bunch of bonus podcasts. What kind of bonus podcast halls? Well, podcasts like Jaws. Oh no, it's Hall Solo, Cooking with Will, Star Wars Year by Podcast, Cooking with Will, Masters of Harvest <laughs> Kasi, Podula Rasa, Blue Harvest Adventures, My Immediate Mandalorian Season 2 Reactions, and so much more. If that sounds like something you're into, you're like, hey, I like the idea of that. I like the cut of these two guys' jibs. Patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. That's where you go for that sort of thing. And if you're looking for a reliable device to consume your Star Wars or your Blue Harvest Patreon content, might I suggest the Microsoft Surface line of tablets and personal computers? Weird. <clears throat> so, that's um, weird. Yeah, that is weird. Plugging. Huh. Weird. Uh, anyways, um, not a whole lot going on in the world of Star Wars this week. So we'll talk about the little bit of stuff that's there to talk about. And then, of course, we'll hear from our moisture farmer friends. Uh, Got lots of um, feedback from last week's uh, concert stories segment that sort of ended the podcast. People seem to dig that and also agreed. It was strong. Yeah. Also agreed, you know, maybe fuck Patrick Lee. Bastard. <laughs> Bastard. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so, uh, something that happened this week is a little weird. And I had heard some rumblings. And I don't mean like heard like, ooh, I've got sources and I hear secrets. I mean like I heard it sort of being passed around on Twitter and stuff. A couple of Star Wars book projects were canceled this week 
Um, and like hmm. I said, I had been hearing for, I don't know, maybe a month, maybe two months that the Mandalorian visual dictionary was canceled. Um, and then didn't hear anything else about it, but they came out this week and confirmed that the Mandalorian, uh, visual dictionary from, I believe it's DK publishing, um, is in fact no longer on the release schedule. Um, which is a bummer because I love a good visual dictionary and it just makes me hope that maybe once the series is wrapped up, we'll get yeah. a big sort of comprehensive version of this. Um, I'm kind of looking right now for the statement. They, they released a statement about why it wasn't coming out. Yeah, here we go. Um, they said, due to the ever-expanding world of The Mandalorian, we will no longer be publishing The Mandalorian Ultimate Visual Guide at this time as the story continues to unfold on screen. <clears throat> so, you know, I who knows what it is? I, I can't imagine that it's like a, a business decision in the sense that they don't think it's a worthwhile investment to publish. Mm -hmm. Because... Mandalorian is fucking red hot. And from what I understand, those visual dictionaries do pretty well. So I can't imagine it's that. And it makes me wonder, like, because this is not the only thing. They also ended up announcing that the Mandalorian tie-in novel that was going to be coming out this year um, is also no longer being released. And they announced this uh, in a very similar fashion. Um, like almost word for word. I'm trying to pull that up. Yeah, it says, due to the ever-expanding world of The Mandalorian, we'll no longer be publishing The Mandalorian original novel at this time as the story continues to unfold on screen. We love working with author Adam Christopher and are already working with him on a different book. We're excited to share details with you in the future. <clears throat> so the exact same reasoning that the because of the ever expanding world of the Mandalorian. So it makes me wonder like what about these two I, books? I feel like there have been some shakeups in the Mandalorian, not necessarily just the different direction with Cara Dune's character, but you know, I feel like maybe they decided they wanted to do something that had gotten written over already and they were like oh well, well let's not do that because let's keep that space open you know let's not yeah yeah that, let's I, not step on our own toes i kind of agree with you okay because okay let's say hypothetically it's because of the cara dune stuff yeah to me that wouldn't keep you from being able to publish a visual dictionary because if you wanted to do that exactly like, you just take that section out of the visual dictionary right that's a simple edit <clears throat> right um, and then as far as the novel is concerned, from what I understand, uh, it's been a little while since it was first announced, this was going to be a novel that dealt with like a Din Djarin adventure before the first season of The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So I don't see how she would have factored to, into that either. Right. <clears throat> so to me, it makes me think that there's some story element or... I don't know. I really don't know what it is. Like I could see it being a story element being present in the book, 
that they would rather explore in the show is it goes forward, especially right. with it not just being the Mandalorian, with it being the Book of Boba Fett, Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka, you know, so on and so forth, right? Right. So I could see that being the case, but then why would that keep them from wanting to do the visual dictionary, right? Right. Doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, I just... I don't... You know, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I was thinking about this before we started. Um, I, what do you think his next ship is going to be? I don't know. That I think that is a good question. I kind of wondered um, when we finished the last season if, like, Moff Gideon's big ship that they ended the, sh- the season on, is yeah. that what he's going to be pimping around in? Ooh. <coughs> or will we see him get a new you know smaller more personal size because the razor crest's advantage was that it was old and that it could fly under the radar somehow right like yeah something tells me you don't roll around in that ship of moth gideon's without like getting noticed right right like i still think it would be useful to them i'm not saying they're just gonna throw that thing to the side but for him to use that as his personal ship i don't know really how much that would how that would work it's a, and it's interesting because it just really depends on where the story of din Djarin is going because you know he lived a life as a bounty hunter where the ability to fly under the radar stealth you mm-hmm. know you know ambush surprise all of that was crucial and then the same thing required of being a fugitive, you know, with the ward of the child. Right. In Grogu. Uh, so, you know, all of that was crucial. Like flying under the radar, being evasive, all of that was needed and necessary. And, you know, I don't know if that's the case. You know, I don't know that that's where we're headed with the next season of The Mandalorian. Like there is kind of a team aspect that seems to have coalesced, uh, which I don't, he may go back to solo in it. And if he does, I can see where the stealth would be handy, uh, but it makes me wonder if he'll have a, a more updated ship or he'll he'll stick with the antiquated technology or has, you know, affinity for the Razor Crust. And quite obviously, Boba Fett is married to the slave, you know, ship. The fire spray, um, yeah. Uh, and they, that's understood. You know, people have their quirk. There's things they love, you know, and they know the ins and outs, and that's what they want. But it, it it makes it seem like the Razor Crest was rare, like 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 so old that it was rare. You know, I don't know. Or yeah, the, people just didn't see many of them. You know. Right. Right. <laughs> I just um, um yeah. That may be a whole episode in the next season. Him hunting down a new Razor Crest. You know, like yeah. I mean, it, it makes you wonder because. You got all right. So, and the visual dictionary information is what sparked all this. Like, I know I have created a tangent, but that's what I mean. Look, I was thinking, you know, oh, they have the rate, you know, maybe they had some technical information in there that they were like, oh, let's not do that anymore. Let's do something else. If we, with as little as we have to discuss this week, tangents are very welcome. We can call this pre calculus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I. Granted, I haven't been, with the exception of being like, I think Ahsoka is going to be who tells us Baby Yoda's name. I have not been that great at sort of predicting the course of the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Neither have I. It yeah, it's, it's kind of the hell out of me. Yeah, it's taken at, me at by surprise uh, quite a few times. But given where we left off, I sort of envision season three, right, kind of being about their efforts to take back Mandalore, right? And now he's got the dark yeah. saber, and I imagine there's going to be a, at least some element of a struggle. Uh, for power between him and Bo-Katan. And, but, you know, ultimately I think their goal is going to be the same sort of taking back Mandalore. And if that's the right. case, you could see where that big fucking battleship or whatever of Moth Gideon's would come in handy. Yes. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I really do wonder what, what his whole ship situation is going to be. And are we going, are we looking at a, a third season that starts relatively soon after the second season? Are we looking at a time jump of a little while? You know, there's, there's a lot of questions out there. It seems like such a solo badass, right? Like that seems pretty cemented, but you know, you know, it's not a good show unless characters grow and evolve, you know? So, well, you know, I definitely agree with that sort of characterization of him. But on the other hand, if you look at it from the beginning, it's kind of been about him teaming up with different people at different times, be it IG-11 right. or Kuhl or Grief Karga or the people on Sargon. I believe that's the planet, the sort of um, Seven Samurai homage from the first season. Yes, yes. Um, Froggy Mama. Frog Mom. Um, I love Frog Mom. That I was a good too. character. I, you know, it was... A relatable, uh, regular character. Man. You know, much like Queel, like relatable. They weren't superhuman. You know, they were just real people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, when when Frog Lady and Frog Dude reunite, psh, that's some good TV right there. Yeah. I, was, I would be like, damn, these puppets are doing, for, doing it for me right now, y'all. <laughs> Coming up next week, Jim Henson, Star Wars, Frog People. Sign me the fuck up. I've been watching a little uh, Muppet show on Disney Plus because they put... Oh, the old school Muppet yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. that was funny. Mm-hmm. It was. I grew up with that on Nick at Night, and it was funny. Yeah, and uh, I've been catching... <clears throat> you know, I've been sort of skipping around and going through and watching. Obviously, I watched the Mark Hamill episode because, I mean, it's me. Come on, that's, that's yep. going to be the first stop on my journey. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I really do wonder. Ugh. The whole... So, I could be wrong about this, but I believe that Mandalorian novel that was canceled was supposed to come out originally last year. Maybe around season two debuting, and they were like, hey, we're going to delay this to next year. So, it had already been delayed, and now it's been canceled. So, I just wonder what the conflict is, or maybe they have some sort of grander publishing initiative to tie in with the Mandalorian that they want to do now that the Mandalorian is spinning off into so many different shows. It could right. be as simple as that as like, like we we've got a much bigger plan in place now. So we want to beef up the publishing side of it. And I think they also announced that there was going to be like tie in comics and stuff. And there hasn't been any word on those. So I kind of wonder if those are gone as well. Interesting. But I guess we'll see. Um, it does just kind of make me wonder if, 
<clears throat> it was a result of them just expanding it so much. Um, they were like, look, well, this is about to explode. We need to not rope ourselves in anywhere. Yeah. You know, it could be that, man. Because how many times do we run into a situation where it's like, well... I don't know, man. Does that really interface super well with the books and such and such? So right. I'm down with them taking a more thorough approach to it if that's if that's what they're going for, even. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, we'll we'll see. I'm glad that uh, you know the author who was working on the Mandalorian book is still you know in the fold and working uh, with them on some other book. I'm glad they just weren't like, sorry, fella, because that would be a bummer, right? Like you're an author. And, like, let's say you really like Star Wars and you get the opportunity to write a Star Wars book. And not just a Star Wars book, a Star Wars book that's tied into a very successful, well-regarded corner of the Star Wars property, if you know what I'm saying. Like, The Mandalorian. Right. Something that's getting a ton of hype, you know. That's got to be a pretty big deal. <clears throat> and then, you know, to have that taken away and, you know, that's got to suck. So I'm glad they're keeping him on board and... And whatnot. I just um, looking forward to seeing how this all shakes out over the next couple of years. Um, you know, I would even say that maybe it has to do with them wanting to focus on the High Republic stuff. But even with that, that bring like, why yeah. would that affect the Visual Dictionary, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, that shouldn't have any effect on. No, I wouldn't think so either. So, I guess we'll find out. Um. But I really do hope that uh, we end up getting a visual dictionary uh, eventually. Jesse got me the art of the Mandalorian for Christmas. Oh, that's cool. Because, you know, I really love those fucking Star Wars art books they do. And it's incredible. Right. So at the very least, I'm hoping, you know, later this year we get one of those for season two. Because there's going to be a lot of Boba Fett concept art in that. Got to be gotta be a lot of Boba Fett concept art <clears throat> you know I've often thought to myself if there was an operating system that I would compare to Boba Fett my favorite character from Star Wars it would be Windows 10 from Microsoft that's weird that's weird um so there's not a whole lot of um other things going on there was a a an investor call this week where, you know, Bob Chappick, I believe is how you say his name. Yes. The, uh, the current CEO of Disney um, was sort of taking investors calls and mentioned that they plan on working with Kathleen Kennedy for years to come. That's exactly, that's exactly what I was about to bring up. I heard that he got the question of whether she'd be sticking around and he was like, oh yeah. 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 Because regardless of how you feel about the new Star Wars movies, uh, they made boatloads of money. Titanic loads of money. Well, and it's not just the movies, man. Like, it's it's The Mandalorian. It's and everything all these projects. And, you know, the video games. It seems like the business of Star Wars has been doing pretty well for them. So, uh, And then the other thing that I just thought was fucking weird. Like, why even ask the dude i guess someone asked benedict cumberbatch uh, in an interview did you see how this yeah how he'd feel about playing, playing thrawn. thrawn and he said he had and he was like no what color is he yeah he's like what does he look like oh, oh no 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 
Yeah, and said he has no... I like hanging out with my kids. Yeah, has no interest in being painted blue. But why... I mean, I guess that's uh, a pretty common fan casting for Thrawn is Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch. So maybe that's where it came from. But, you and know... again, that's all well and good until the check shows up. Like, well, you can say... I don't want to be painted blue. And then when the check has enough zeros or digits in it, you're like, huh, doesn't sound so bad being painted blue. That's true. But you also got to figure the dude's pretty busy with his, uh, his Marvel commitments. And our buddies at the Castle Run Transmissions seem pretty well convinced that Thrawn is going to be played by Lars Mikkelsen, who did his voice in oh, Rebels. That'd be cool. So, it, that or Johnny Grasso. Oh, man. Can you imagine? <laughs> that is a different take on Thrawn than I had ever imagined. Yo! Oh, Ezra! <laughs> oh, the sweet irony. <laughs> Ezra Bridger, fuck that guy. <laughs> the sweet irony that would be Johnny gets cast in Star Wars as Thrawn and he has to do nothing but act alongside the character of Ezra who he's not a fan of he's not like Emily Lynn the world's biggest well I'm sorry one of the world's biggest Star Wars Rebels fans right. um oh <laughs> uh, i would just laugh and laugh and laugh i'd be like buddy congrats you like steal me something from the set and then i would just laugh <laughs> laugh and laugh <clears throat> oh man um but yeah that's that's really about it did you have any crazy um, um crazy stories pop up in your news feed from like no not that i uh not that i am aware of oh there um, was one you texted me about on saturday morning oh oh, oh yeah 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 uh that i that i forgot that i had because that was right after last week's show yeah um it, okay so this is from a site i don't know <laughs> i don't know how reputable they are they're giant freaking robot for all i could be for all I know, it could be a bunch of giant freaking bullshit. You know what I mean? Um, but they're saying but the article that, I read, yeah, go su- for it. Suggested that there could be a Qui Gon Jinn miniseries, limited series, and that there would be a Luke Skywalker limited series in production. And I was just talking to you, and I was like, "Is that real? Is, is that legit?" Like. Because that's either a lot of deep fake de aging technology, or you just got to recast, bro. And like, I'm fine with that, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. And then we eventually came to the point where, you know, probably highly unlikely, but, uh, and I said, you know, if you're gonna bring Qui Gon back, you could you could leave him the age he is and force ghost him into Obi Wan, and I'd be down with that. Like that would make perfect yeah, sense. Yeah. I me, mean, the but. only thing is. And once again, especially with the Obi-Wan series, we've seen that they've, um, how do I put this? They're willing to maybe toy around with expectations and and stuff that I would assume they maybe wouldn't do in the Obi-Wan series. But it always seemed to me like Qui-Gon, after he dies in The Phantom Menace, when, when he contacts like 
people in like the Clone Wars and stuff. He's never able to be a, a full body apparition, eh? um, like we we see most Force ghosts. It's it's like maybe it's some twinkly, sparkly, golden lights in the voice, but it's never him like them seeing him in a, in sort of like the blue glowy physical way, right? So unless they wanted uh, to, you know, step back that and which would be fine. Um, The other thing is like (laughs) what reeks of of bullshit to me in that article is that to me, that article kind of seemed to imply that it would be Liam Neeson play in the role and Mark Hamill play in the role sort of in these series, but they would be using the same technology that they used at the end of season two of the Mandalorian. And like, buddy, I don't, I don't know that that technology is there yet for a full season. Like, it was I, cool I seeing it at it. the end. Just to be honest, like, I mean, would I want it? Know, watch it? Of course, of course. Yes, but do I think it would be worth it? No, I just don't. You know, I just I mean, don't. You gotta like look how they they used Luke and the Mandalorian. You didn't see his Sparse. face for most of it. And then when you did, he right. didn't say much. Like that was writing around the technology, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. For a yeah. whole show, you couldn't do that as much. And no, what? Like no. if they came out and announced, "Hey, Luke Skywalker series coming to Disney Plus," would I be excited? Of course. I just don't know that that CGI. You know, plasticky looking Mark Hamill technology is the way to go. Same thing with Liam Neeson. Like, if you're going to do a younger uh, Qui Gon series, does that concept interest me? Of course. I love the character of Qui Gon. But I kind of think in either of those cases, a recasting may be best. You know? I think those are the wealth of story and production and entertainment you could get out of the both of those concepts is is almost limitless but i think recasting would be the the way to go you know just i just would because you know there was a lot of excitement around luke in season two of the mandalorian rightfully so it was to me very exciting i loved it um right but you also heard a lot of like man it was cool to see luke and from a story uh, standpoint it was cool etc cetera, etc cetera. but man it looked a little weird now imagine that extrapolated over eight to ten episodes. I think yeah. it would be weird. And you know, uh, and you know, it's something we don't consider often, but would work both ways is if you animated it. You know, and I know that's not where we're at, but I'm it with could you. work animated. I, I you could do totally an entire agree. Luke series, Mark Hamill voicing Luke Skywalker animated yeah i would totally be down with fine i think that removes a lot of the problems now would would that garner as much um now in the fandom yeah i think that does garner a lot of attention and a lot of excitement but in the overall more casual audience i guess the more general public does that generate as much uh, excitement as a live action Luke series? I don't know. I don't know that Mm -hmm. it does. 
Not saying I, I agree. Not taking away anything from Star Wars animation. <laughs> no, just saying I, from I a, a bro- more broad perspective, I think the Mandalorian. There's a certain section of the audience that, as soon as it becomes animated, the assumption is that it's for kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not even necessarily rightfully so, either. You know, <laughs> but right. you know, we'll see where it goes. I mean, they. What's crazy to me is they just this past December announced a ton of projects and then a few days later surprise announced another one with the book of Boba Fett and we still have people being like yo but I hear there's gonna be a Luke and a Qui-Gon series and I hear there's gonna be this like guys we've we've still only gotten one of these Star Wars live action series. You know, we still <laughs> got only get, one. Yeah, has made it to Disney Plus. Right, we still got to get Obi Wan, Cassian, Rangers of the New Republic, Lando. The Bad Batch hadn't even come out yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's still a lot of stuff coming. It's, you know, they got a lot on their plate. Talk about saying. talk about counting your chickens. Yeah, your Endorian tip yips. <laughs> we got us some wishful thinking news.com. <laughs> Your Endorian tip yips. All right, let's hear from our buddies. You want to do that, buddy? Yup. All right. Kia G. Kia G. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box Kia D. Cockhead! Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead! He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty! Cockhead! To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty! Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! All right, if you want to write in or send in a voicemail to us, um, it's easy enough to do. Just uh, send it to blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. And we will, uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, sometimes we get so many emails and voice messages in that I have to rely on the Microsoft 365 family of products. Have you ever used them, Will? Um, sometimes. I suggest them to any of our listeners who haven't checked them out. You get access to Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, Microsoft Databases, Microsoft Teams, a basket of chicken fingers. I really fingers, like uh, I think. PowerPoint. Microsoft PowerPoint. That was weird. Um, okay, first up, we're going to hear from Jacob. Let's hear what Jacob has to say. There, Haas and Will. Uh, Jake here again. And uh, first of all, I just want to uh, tell you guys, you guys have a tremendous podcast. I've been listening to you guys around, you know, when The Force Awakens first came out. And I just want to thank you guys for 
churning out a, a tremendous podcast week in, week out. So literally two longtime friends just hanging out, shooting the shit, having a good time, talking Star Wars, talking whatever. And uh, you guys are awesome. I just want to say that first. Second of all, uh, in regard to my voicemail last week, um, the idea of a food truck with raccoons going across space, it clicked something in my brain, and I finally remembered that. So I live up here in uh, Nebraska, and uh, there's a restaurant just north of Omaha that's actually famous for raccoons. It's crazy little trash pandas. And it's a chicken restaurant called the Alpine Inn. And what they do is they leave out all their chicken scraps and other food scraps outside to just attract raccoons. And so, you know, at any given time, there could be 10 raccoons just hanging out. So you could be eating your meal, watching raccoons, you know. They're just hanging out on the patio doing the raccoon thing. Kind of crazy. I'll send you guys a link so, you know. You can plan your next vacation if you ever feel like traveling to Nebraska for vacation, which, you know, I don't know who the fuck would ever think of that. It's a (laughs) terrible idea. But uh, in regards to a restaurant, so if you were to take your galactic food truck and uh, open up a permanent restaurant anywhere in the Star Wars universe, what planet would you pick? Thanks again for the great podcast. Talk to you later. I gotta say, if there was ever a reason to get me to go to Nebraska, it's a raccoon restaurant. Yeah, right. Like, I was just thinking, Hawes said, well, I'm gonna take a, you know, a week vacation going to Nebraska. And I'm like, oh, what what are are you gonna plan to see? I was like, oh, I'm spending seven days at the raccoon restaurant. I'm telling you. Where else are you going? It's like, oh, oh, nowhere. Three weeks from my, I'm three weeks from my second vaccine dose. Sounds like a perfect reason to celebrate. <laughs> <coughs> Cheap flights to Nebraska, baby. I would be like, you know, there's other things to do in Nebraska. And you'd be like, not for this guy. Well, you know, I'm sure I could find other things to do. But. Other things to feed the raccoons. <laughs> they would be like, we've got this guy in a wheelchair. He looks kind of like a busted ass Mick Foley. And he comes for lunch and dinner every day and he has been for the last seven days and he wears shirts with raccoons on him and he's very polite and he tips well but i I think he's here for the raccoons he keeps bringing increasingly large picnic baskets and the first day we told him sir you can't eat outside food here and he said no i'm eating here at the restaurant this is for the raccoons (laughs) um can you guys tell me what the optimum hours for raccoon encounters are because i would really um i would really like to know that sir this is not a raccoon experience they eat the trash (laughs) so buddy if you were going to set up a permanent now this seems like a perfectly aimed will question my man worked in restaurant opening and development yeah there, there's a beauty to lots of different Star Wars worlds, right? Like, I would want to 
I mean, it would be cool to have kind of like uh, like a street side vendor shop on Coruscant just because the amount of different kinds of people and aliens you could serve. Uh, but like as far as planets that I really love, like I love Naboo. Naboo is beautiful. Like it is, I could have a restaurant on Naboo. Like I, I think that would be great. Um, just as far as planets that I it, surrounding like to live on, I think it would be neat to have a sushi restaurant on Mon Calamari. Oof. Well, doesn't that seem a little fucked up? <laughs> I mean, uh, of a species that lives in all water, you don't think they eat fish? Okay, yeah. I guess you do have a good point there. I'm not serving people on the menu. <laughs> I guess, yeah, and I guess you're not serving fried calamari either. No, I'm serving, you know, that whatever up. the whatever the fish of the planet is, you know, whatever they eat on yeah, the planet. I guess that makes sense. Hell, if they eat kelp chips, I got the kelp chips stand. It was about to turn into some Texas Chainsaw Massacre business there. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, to me, the idea of like a a lakefront or waterfront. Um, restaurant and on Naboo, like that seems pretty appealing, right? It's a pretty good setting. Yeah. Um, Places I'll pass on. I'll. I got no desire to serve desert food or whatever the hell those things were hanging in front of Sebulba that Jar Jar had a mouthful. Like, and I'm, I'm not serving that up. Mm-mm. Doesn't look tasty. I mean, the restaurant on Tatooine, water. Water by the gallon. That's all you, I mean. We got water and ice cubes. Take your pick. I got this uh, blue coloring I add to the water sometimes. It makes blue water. Oh, you know what would probably make a fucking killing on uh, Tatooine is a snowball stand. Shaved ice. Ice cream parlor. Blue ice cream. Do you ever... uh, where so when you were growing up, was there like a local oh, shaved yeah. ice place that was like the jam? Yeah, yeah. When we were a kid, there was too. It was called Snow Biz. Yeah, and like, dude, my and poor mother hearing me talking about like, oh, we should get Snow Biz. Can we get Snow Biz? Being a child of the '90s, what flavor was most ordered? Do you think? Um, Tiger Blood. Tiger's Blood. Tiger's exactly Blood. Right. And you know what I you know what I never got? What? Tiger's blood. Really? You gotta call it something else for Halls Burkhart to get that bullshit. Tiger's I blood? I see. And be like, nah, it I don't made like that. I feel like Jean Claude Van Damme eating that motherfucking snow. <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember Tiger's blood would be the oh man, you gotta go to Snow Biz and get the Tiger's blood. My mom would get the wedding cake. Yeah. Uh, see, that's the kind I, of shit I would that's go for. The mom thing, yeah. Oh man, I wonder if there's any snowballs. I don't. I think that's kind of gone out of style now. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw a snowball or a shaved ice place. They're here and there. There's a couple in Tupelo. Okay, cool. But uh, you know, <laughs> I can tell you where else there. There's... Um, man, uh, I'm looking at pictures and reviews of this Alpine Inn place, mm-hmm. uh, and he's he's not lying. There's a lot of raccoons. It seems I mean, like it may be built around keeping you away from the raccoons, though, which... That I would... That, I mean, in I reality, 
they're not they're not like ducks. You can't <laughs> just throw some feed out and they come eat it and like, all right, thanks, and then they go about their business. Like, no, man, I think you're wrong. Do, are you familiar with the social media? Um, I don't know what you call it. Like social media, like they're on YouTube, they're on Facebook, they're on. They're called the Dodo. No, I'm not familiar. <laughs> the Dodo is a site or an organization who only produces heartwarming, cute animal videos, right? Big fan of the Dodo. You know who is also a big fan of the Dodo? Mark Hamill. Uh, and one of the Dodo's big videos this week, which I got tagged in 36 times, uh, Thank, and I'm not complaining. Tag me in this shit all day, every day. I don't care. I love it. Uh, was about a guy who, throughout the pandemic, has befriended a raccoon and her baby in his backyard. Oh. And he just hangs out in the backyard. The raccoon comes up. He feeds them hot dogs. She brings her baby to see him. Aw. It is the exact relationship I want with a raccoon. Because having done my research... I realize that a raccoon as a pet, probably not for me at this point in my life. Right. You know, I yeah. don't think I have the available time uh, in my daily schedule to adequately care for a raccoon as a pet. And that would be the worst thing in the world for me. It's like have a raccoon and not take correct care of it. Right. Give it all right. the social interactions and exercise and stuff it needs. Right. Maybe one day, besides the fact it's illegal in Alabama. But, I mean, you know, when am I going to let that stop me? Um, yeah, right. Maybe one day. You know, maybe when I'm retired, I'll have a raccoon pet. But an outside raccoon that comes to visit me every day gets tasty snacks and a couple of pets and then goes off on its business, sign me up. What do we got? We got a damn opossum. An opossum. An opossum the other day who stuck its head in the front door while I was sitting at the front door and was sniffing my feet. Bro, they're nasty. I mean, like, and well, he was look, nice? Yeah, he seems to be plenty friendly. He's not aggressive or anything. And I don't even notice him at first because I'm sitting there scrolling on my phone. And I look down because I see something out of the corner of my eye. And luckily, I didn't freak out too bad because, you know, I'm a bit of a screamer. This weird motherfucker is sniffing my feet. Like he's oh some goodness. kind of Quentin Tarantino opossum. Oh my goodness. And so I recoil. I'm like, Buh! and then he rolls over on his back and starts playing dead. You scared him. I scared him. And then like, I'm just sitting there and I start talking to him I'm like, Hey buddy, I'm not going to, you just scared me. I'm not going to hurt you. You know, calmly talking to him. And then he just rolled over on his belly and scurried off. And we see him almost every day. It's pretty harmless. Any possum I've ever come across was hissing and showing the vicious teeth. This guy's been around us since it was a baby, baby. Okay. Like we, when he first—he's a neighborhood possum. Yeah, when he first started coming He's around, not a backwoods. No, when he first started coming fairly. around, I was actually a little worried for him because he was fairly young and didn't appear to have a mother. And we still haven't seen any more than this one opossum. When, I, when we brought up possums the other day on the podcast, a couple of our Australian friends hit us up and were like, I had no idea you guys had possums in Alabama. 
And I had to be like, well, they're not exactly what you guys think of possums. Australian possums are way cooler, right? Are they? I haven't done my you, research. You got your phone handy? I can pull it up. An yeah. Australian opossum? No, it, we have opossums. They have possums. Because, okay. you know, that's the, the thing. Technically, what we have are opossums. <clears throat> so. Okay. Um, whew, got off to speaking of tangents. I'm going to pull up the next email while, uh, while, you while look, I look at possums. Yeah. Australian possums. Okay. <clears throat> this one's from Sam. Says, howdy, Halls and Will. It's too bad that the Mandalorian novel and visual guide were canceled. I was lo really looking forward to those, but as you probably both discussed, I'm sure that they have something more exciting planned. Anyway, I've been watching a lot of The Crown lately. A character-based show is something unique, and I really love how the cast changes every two seasons. I was thinking how cool it would be to see a similar type of thing in the Star Wars universe. I would love to see a show about Saw Gerrera that would take place from around the time of the Clone Wars all the way into Rogue One. It would be great to see different actors portraying Saw and other characters as they get older. Getting backstory about Saw and Stila on Onderan before Clone Wars, Saw and Lux Bonteri after Stila dies, and the creation of the rebel cell led by Saw fighting against the Empire would be very interesting. Are there any other shows you would like to see with a similar setup? Thanks for a great show and best wishes, Sam. I think that one sounds pretty cool. A Saul Guerrero show. That would be cool. <laughs> um, did you look up Australian possums? I did. They are way too cute. Like, yeah, I, I feel sorry for any Australian that now go looks up opossums because you will be horrified at the monster you see before you. Yeah, they to look that. like something out of a fucking Guillermo del Toro movie or some shit. Yeah. And the the big uh, the big thing is that they usually have rabies, like they usually covered in disease and stuff. Um, actually, I don't think they can get rabies. Can they not? Yeah, because we actually looked. I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I believe Jesse and I both looked into this when this possum was showing up because we were like, damn, like. Do we need to maybe get them to come bring a trap out and relocate this possum or something? Because we got dogs that mm -hmm. we take out, and the last thing we want is one of them to get in a tussle with a rabid possum. But I don't think they can get rabies because we looked into it. it. You know, growing up in the country, it was lumped into some of those animals that you just don't mess with. You know, like you don't mess with armadillos because they can carry leprosy. Right. You know, you don't mess with possums. They can be, they can have rabies. You know, you don't mess with. Snakes, because you can never tell if they're poisonous or not. And you know, the more you grow up and you spend time in the woods, you can tell the difference between a poisonous snake or a non-poisonous one. But as you're growing up, you know, you just, <clears throat> there are certain wildlife you you avoid. Right. Uh, yeah, and and raccoons normally get roped uh, like lumped in with that, and I don't appreciate yeah, that. I think rabbit. that's a mis mischaracterization. Raccoons. And they can they can be uh, they can have rabies. That is a serious concern with raccoons. Um. So as far as a show, like Sam is describing, something that I always thought would be kind of neat to explore would be a show centered around, I, I don't know how to put it, but the more sort of political side of the rebellion. 
So like your Mon Mothma and your Bail Organa. And, you know, it's not necessarily the action-filled pew-pew side of the rebellion, but you have, you know, Bail Organa and Mon Mothma who are part of the Senate mm-hmm. of the Empire, but are, are able, yeah. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? That, like, yeah, it's exactly, I see what, how they're able to physically appear in the Senate and also physically appear at these mass rebel meetings, you know, like, you would think, you know, someone would take a a, 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 a shot and post it on Twitter, you know, start, yeah. you know, galactic Twitter and be like, this ain't no senator. Yeah, it, well, you know, I think that kind of thing could be really fascinating to explore. Right. Um, because there's quite a, a period between episode th- the end of episode three and in A New Hope when the Emperor dissolves the Senate, right? Yeah, because uh, you know there's some espionage and skullduggery going on to be able to keep that up. Yeah, and, and you know, even the glimpses of it that you get in Rogue One where all these senators and stuff that are part of the Rebellion don't see eye to eye on how they should operate. There's... You know, there's conflict in those ranks. You know, they don't necessarily agree with trying to get the plans for the Death Star. And there's some senators it, that don't seem like <laughs> that cool, even yeah, though they're the part of the that, rebellion. They're just trying to cover their own ass, you know. Yeah. And the way Rogue One paints it is that they're never really on the same page until this this battle. This battle is what solidifies the rebellion into unity, is the way unity. it's portrayed. Um, so yeah, I think that could, uh, I think that could be a really cool show to see. I don't know how interested other people would be in it, but I'd love to see what old Bale Organa was up to and what he was getting up to in the Senate and stuff and, and all that. I think it'd be really neat. Do you have any show ideas or anything like that that you would like to see something more character based? You know, I think this is, we kind of already got it, and I hate to say this, but, um, you know, like a racer show, like, you know, we got the resistance, you know, with the the flying racers, but I'm thinking specifically like a, a pod racer, like a, a show that centers around maybe a pod racing crew mm-hmm. and how they tour, either tour the galaxy or, you know, maybe how they host at just one arena or something and all the hijinks you know, that that entails. Um, I feel like resistance was more, I don't know, more bumbling spy drama comedy. Right. And I enjoyed it, but racer, I don't know, racing focused. It had some racing. It did. I would have liked to see a little bit more of it. I think had it gone on for more than two seasons, they could have explored that a little more. But yeah. if only having two seasons, you got to sort of get to the point, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get why they did what they did, and especially being aimed at kids. Uh, I, I like the idea of, like, a dirty Tatooine, you know. Like, the whole point is maybe to make it big pod racing, and then you can go do some of the fancy ones at Canto Bite or, you know, you know, off-world. But yeah. Just trying to make it big. <clears throat> I think that could be pretty cool. Um, all right. Next up, we have one from Utah. Utah. Dougie. Dougie. 
I um, I'm trying to be a little more quiet because I think Jesse's asleep right now. Uh, Hawes and Will, what are the odds in episode 10 and 12 we get a baby Chewbacca, youth and teenager? Kind of like with Groot. Disney all about that cute baby money, Dougie. Look, I don't know that this would be in episode 10 through 12, but you have to imagine after the runaway hit of Baby Yoda, we're going to see some other Star Wars babies. And a baby Wookiee is a matter of time. As I say, baby Wookiee is a no-brainer, but it cannot look like holiday special baby Wookiees. They wouldn't do that. I'm, but I'm, I, I'm telling I, you, it's a I matter of time. The holiday special is the reason we haven't seen a baby Wookiee, a young, an adolescent or a grandpa Wookiee <laughs> since. Ugh. With the exception of what Tarful, he was, he was an old ass Wookiee. Oh, well, it seemed older. And then what's uh, Sagwa? You remember Sagwa from Solo? The yes. mangy Wookiee, the Wookiee that's all like Ooh. malnutritioned and stuff. Cause he's working. That's in the, rough. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's sad. Yeah, and didn't seem like they were super. I don't know what it is, but he's not lit. You don't get a real good look at Sagwa. And I think that's probably because they were like, oh, this, this looks a little weird. Prison camp Wookiee is sad. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. All right. And we have one from Steve. Hey, guys. I haven't been able to write in for a while because, like Halls, I got a new job and can't just fire off emails whenever I want. I'm hoping to get the mind grapes going a bit and have it lead to some cock duty speculating. I've been thinking long and hard about the Obi-Wan show and how he and Vader might be able to face off again without it being a huge problem going forward, and mostly how that we can have Vader without the mask. And though I'm sure I'm not the first to think of this theory, I'm thinking that it gets that they get called to Mortis again. I've long had a theory, again, I'm sure I'm not the only one, that the brother wasn't actually dead since it was Anakin that stabbed him with the dagger. He could call them back, and maybe Ahsoka too, and Obi-Wan has to fight off Vader and the brother to keep the dark side in some sort of check. If that is the case, what type of weird force shit might you like to see Obi-Wan and Vader go through to settle things on Mortis, and how could you see it resolving? Thanks as always for the great show, Steve. Ooh. Now you could bring back Mortis, but I think Mortis, the Mortis arc was so epic. I don't think that'll come back. And the concept of the father, daughter, brother was so fair. I want to say fairy tale, but that may not be the right. It was so mythological. Mm-hmm. It, it was. I don't know. It was almost bigger than Star Wars, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know that it, it was like the world between worlds. Once you start dabbling in these enormous concepts, like all things become possible. Like, or anything could become possible. It, it, it it's really astounding to me the enormity of what is possible when you make those kind of leaps. No doubt. Um, so I do think we might see Mortis explored the concept at some point, but I honestly feel like that is such a Dave Filoni thing that I feel like if it comes back, 
or if it's referenced again or something like that, it's going to be under the guidance of Dave Filoni, right? With something he's a little more directly involved with. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, as far as how we might see Vader without the mask, I think there's a few options. Of course, you could always do, you know, Vader in his meditation chamber or even his back to tank and you could have scarred up Hayden because you don't get Hayden Christensen to come back to play Vader just to put him in the suit leave him in a mask no you don't we're gonna see him unmasked and I also don't even think that it's an impossibility to perhaps see some Clone Wars era flashbacks maybe in Obi-Wan and that would be the perfect opportunity to see um, Anakin before he's Vader. And again, you would you would uh, sort of knock out the idea of, of having Hayden in there besides just being in the Vader costume. <clears throat> but as far as them facing off again, which is, you know, confirmed from what they were saying at the investors thing, I don't know what shape that takes place. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I don't think it's on. It's not on Tatooine. Can't be. Because why would like. I don't think Obi-Wan would allow him to get that close. Right. To Luke. That's for sure. And and so it's definitely not going to be on Tatooine. Um, I kind of wonder, like, could it possibly be on Mustafar? How Maybe would that in make service sense? to Bail Organa, which would reinforce Princess Leia's need to find him. In a new hope. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I just, it's more of a location thing for me, right? Where and, is this rematch going to take place? Yeah. And this, I mean, you know, this again, this is very mythological, but it could take place like in the mind in a sort of um, force dyad, Ray and Kylo kind of where you see each other and you're connected, but you're not really there, but it also has a physical manifestation as well. Yeah. I mean, I could see them exploring that concept from some more, but they kind of made it seem like that whole concept of a forced dyad and Ray and Kylo's connection is like unique. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Like it's it's not something that happens a ton. Right. But to me, there's not much other way you can see Hayden, out of the costume, unless he takes, you know, battle damage and the, the helmets yeah. ripped off, or if he's in, you know, the meditation chamber. It kind of seems like he needs all that gear to be Darth Vader. At yeah, this point. It keeps him alive for sure. Right. I just think, uh, I think that's part of the reason you can't rule out flashbacks. I like the idea of Obi Wan doing his Yoda directed training to commune with Qui Gon and being that opening some sort of channel that vader invades right um that could be cool i could see that being pretty neat now the other thing i think has to sort of happen is whatever confrontation they have i think it's going to be in person i think vader has to leave that thinking he killed obi-wan because i've not felt this presence since when last we met, I was, what does he say? Uh, hold on. I actually, so 
doesn't Tarkin say to Vader, like, surely he's dead by now or something to that effect? Yeah. So maybe that doesn't mean he has to think Obi-Wan dies. I don't know. It's tricky. It's tricky. They're going to have to really... That's something, as excited as I am about the Obi-Wan thing, like, I'm a little trepidatious about this whole Vader thing, and they're really going to have to pull that off for me. Um, I would be surprised if they didn't, because I'm pretty open to to Star Wars and its shenanigans. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would be more surprised if I was like, ooh, that was a little goofy. But it is something I'm kind of trepidatious about. I just wonder how they're going to pull that off. I, don't know. I do too, honestly. I wonder, I mean, I the thing is, I want Hayden Christensen to come back so bad. I don't really care how they get away with it. Yes. And that sounds the, awful. But no. That's I, the coolest I, thing to me, right? <laughs> like the fact that he's coming back is so cool that I'm oh, I'm way more willing to be like, okay, well then show me what you guys have in mind. Then my initial the, reaction was like, I don't know. I don't think Obi-Wan should necessarily leave Tatooine and you know this that and the other I don't think he and Vader should you could go back and listen for a couple of years three years plus back we've had people write in occasionally being like yo if they do this Obi-Wan show how would you guys feel about him and Vader facing off and I'd be like I don't like it I don't think that's a great idea it doesn't seem like they should meet again until a new hope clearly I was not on the right track with that right so yeah, uh, or the direction they were taken, but the fact that they're bringing Hayden back sort of negates a lot with that. Where I'm like, okay, all right, like, you know, you know Hayden's performance in um, attack, oh, not attack the ones, uh, mm, Revenge mm. of the Sith. Yes, thank you, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, that to me, his tortured post fall to the dark side is his strongest performance. Like once he, after he like submits to Palpatine from then on, I feel like that's probably his strongest performance in all of star Wars. And even, you know, the conversation back and forth between Obi-Wan and Anakin, um, while some of the dialogue may seem clunky, like his, that's an incredibly strong performance from Hayden to me. Like you can feel his anger and his conflict and, you know, his just absolute lostness. Like he has clearly lost his way and he is in the throes of it. And, uh, I really respect Hayden Christensen for that performance. And I, I like that Darth Vader, you know, it was very, very young Darth Vader, very fall to the dark side. Um, you know, and I'm looking forward to seeing that again. His pompous, arrogant rage. Yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, their take on Vader in this era of Star Wars, you know. Because a New Hope Vader, an Empire Strikes Back Vader, and even Return of the Jedi, like, he's old man. Like, you can tell, like, you know, he's still evil and in control, but he doesn't have that rage necessarily. Well, it's conveyed in a different way, I think. In a much different way. Um, Yeah. 
which I think was a lot of sort of people's disconnect with the prequels initially was like, you mean this, this person is the same character we saw in the pre, uh, the original trilogy is Darth Vader, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And tw- 20 years of age. The man's in his 50s, you know, 40s, 50s. <laughs> it sure does look a lot older than that when they take they. That's something that didn't instill to me, it doesn't line up super well, is like the age of Obi-Wan at the end of Revenge of the Sith and then the opening of uh, A New Hope. Like, And same thing goes with like, granted vader's been through a lot more physically but um you know alec guinness was not however old obi-wan is supposed to be yeah you know like yeah it's clear that living on tatooine is that's what i was just about to say i was like you know what i just explained that as desert living yeah i mean that's all you can desert living will you know add 20 years add 15 20 years to your your look all right, buddy. Well, uh, that does it for us this week. Uh, thanks for recording with me, even though you had some oh, dude. Thank rough you technical for problems. Sticking out the technical difficulties. No problem, man. Hey, guys, if you haven't yet, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever the hell you want to call it. It really helps us out. Um, and also, if you like our theme song, please be sure to check out Stone Cobra. They're the band that provided the music for that theme song and uh it kicks ass you can find them on itunes spotify and at stonecobra.bandcamp.com um and we'll see you guys next week hopefully we have some cooler shit to talk about then oh man a couple of books got canceled that sucks (laughs) here's this article that's probably not happening yeah here's something from giant freaking robot uh, but until then, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.